Attention, independent pet pros. Let me introduce you to the Pet Shop Girls, presented by Pet Product News. Hey, everybody. I'm Sherry. And I am Carly, here for our New Year's Eve episode It's not New Year's Eve, you guys. In Canada, it's Boxing Day. And in and in the U.S., what is it, Sherry? It's the 26th of December. What is it? The day after Christmas. The day after Christmas. You Americans are so creative. Okay, here in Canada, it is Boxing Day. And that is the day that we box up all of the things from Christmas. But because we won't be talking to you on New Year's Eve, we are here to do our New Year's show which is the New Year's Top Tip Countdown. Can you believe it? Let's get this party started. (laughs) Sherry's all about the party. I've had to take several cocktails away from her, my friends, just so that she could make it through the podcast. Yeah, there she is rattling her drink. We do have some beverages because it is that time of the year when everybody is celebrating getting through another year in the pet industry. And we figured what better way to do, you know, if they can do it with top 40 music, we can do it with tips for pet pros. We can do a countdown. And that is what we're going to do on this episode of the Pet Shop Girls. So, Sherry, give me your top tip in this countdown for what every retail pet pro needs to do. All right. This is a simple one, but uh, it's one that I see a lot of people don't do. And let's just have a clean store, right? So my specialty is in marketing and merchandising. And I see so many retailers that are not presenting their sales floor in an organized, clean manner. First impressions are extremely important, right? By maintaining a clean sales floor, your sales should increase. People will be able to shop more easily and they will be more enticed to make a purchase. After I tell somebody to make a display, when I check the work that they've done, I ask them, does this display make you want to buy this product? Yep. That's what you should be asking yourself once you've made your displays. So to add to that, front and face at least twice a day, especially if you have a very busy store. And if you don't know what fronting and facing means, that means pull the product forward, face the cans forward with the label facing out. Even stuff on hooks, bring those forward. So yep. keep a clean store. We have a tiny store. We have a tiny store and we front and face minimum three times a day. We do it in the morning. We do it throughout the day and we do it at the end of the day. Because if we miss something in the end of the day, we catch it in the morning. I want to add to your clean store that your front desk or your checkout counter and everything behind it, that's a big mistake that I see, is that the front desk might look all nice and tidy, but then behind it looks like an absolute tornado went through there. And I can still see that even though it's behind your front desk, I can still see that. So as a customer... Don't make me look at places and go, ooh. I we used to <laughs> when I first opened, we heard all the time, oh, your store is so clean, it's so beautiful. And I thought, well, that's because we're new. And then the year that we had to cancel going to Super Zoo, we actually traveled around our province and the neighboring province and we went to a bunch of independent pet stores. And then I realized what people were talking about. I could literally wipe dust off of product, like fingerfuls of dust 
off of product. There was pallet wood chips on the floor. We were in these stores on a Sunday. These were supposed to be high-end pet stores, but it was, nobody's getting a pallet on a Sunday. And that tells, like, as soon as a pallet leaves our store, we are out there with the broom and we are, we are sweeping up all of the little pallet chips that get left behind before we do our regular cleaning at the end of the day. But I don't want dogs stepping on slivers and wood chips. And anyways, there was pallet chips, there was spider webs in the window and on shelving. And I'm like, okay, I understand now why everybody says our store is clean. That is part of our daily checklist. That is part of our daily responsibilities in the store is that we clean that store all the time. You're constantly cleaning. There's not always customers in the store. So grab a rag. If you got time to lean, you got time to clean. So, you know, that that reminds me of, I tell my staff all the time that when you're on the sales floor, it's a lot like being on stage in a play. So if you were in theater in high school, then one of the sayings we had in in our theater was, if you can see green, you can be seen because all the chairs were green in the audience. So once you can see green, you are on stage and you are performing. So once you walk onto the sales floor, it is the show of selling. And part of that show is to make your props look good and to keep your sales floor clean. So yeah, if if that analogy made any sense to anybody. <laughs> if you know what, and you said at the beginning, it's a simple tip and it is a simple tip, but it is so overlooked in so many, not just pet stores, but in retail in general, right? Where you're walking in and you're afraid to touch stuff because it's not clean in there. So it is a simple tip, but it is easy to do and it makes a huge difference to your customers. All right, Carly, what's, what's uh, tip number two? Are we going up or down? 10, 10 and nine? Oh, geez. Well, I don't know, man. This is an important one. This is a countdown. We're all over the place. Okay. uh, I'm going to say, and you guys have heard me say this before, but I'm going to continue to stress it until everybody is doing it. Weekly emails to your customers. Now, when I say that, I don't mean a weekly email that says, hey, by the way, I sell stuff. Hey, by the way, I sell stuff. Hey, by the way, I sell stuff. Nobody is staying on that list. So when you are figuring out your weekly emails and well, if you know me, you know, I love spreadsheets. I literally have a spreadsheet for the entire year where I can start to plot out all of my emails that will go out my weekly emails and some have a primary purpose. Some have a secondary objective and a thirdary, if that's even the word, but there is sometimes you know, this is the main thing I want to talk about. And then here's kind of one or two follow-up pieces. They don't always have follow-ups, but let's see here. What is it? My game plan, I guess, when it comes to my emails and my socials is that I do an 80-20 split. So that means 80% of my emails and 80% of my social media content is giving to my customers. And 20% is, hey, by the way, I sell stuff. So Four out of every five emails that I send is some sort of, I'm trying to provide some sort of value to my customer. I am training them on nutrition, or I am telling them the benefits of if they do this in their diet, or if they rotate that, or I am giving them a recipe, or I am giving them a fun activity to do with their dog, or I am inviting them to an appreciation event, or I am telling them about a cool event we're having in store that everybody can come to. And like I said, four out of five of my emails will be giving, four out of five of my social media posts will be giving. And that fifth one is, hey, by the way, I sell stuff. So 
Don't be the used car sales guy on an email where you're just trying to sell, sell, sell because nobody's staying on that list. But weekly emails is my big tip, my countdown tip. I'd like to add to that because that, that can be overwhelming for somebody who may not even send out one email a month. Tis, 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 tis. We're going to stop that. We're going we're gonna to change that right here and right now. Well, here's a, a great dip your toe in the water yep. tip. So I write a monthly blog for my website. Not only does that help with SEO, but you can use that blog as a social media post. You can also send it out as an email so that you can use that work that you did that you probably had chat GPT help you make and reuse that content in multiple ways. Repurpose your content as much as possible because I will also add to that. So when I create an email or a blog, I will then turn it into some sort of a social media post. So it, I write my email and it's very, you know, it's educational. It's all about providing value to my customer. I will then make that a blog, but I also then make that a Google post on my Google, my business, because Google likes when you play nice with them too. So that also helps with your SEO to constantly post your blogs on your website into a Google post. You're repurposing your content as much as possible to get as much value out of it. And, and I know that it can seem intimidating if you're not even sending an email a month to start sending them weekly. And when people used to tell me that, I was like, man, I don't have the time or the content. I found the time and I got the content. And I'll tell you what happened is I saw a $25,000 increase on my bottom line just by sending weekly emails. This is why I say it is so important. When I was sending in an email a month, I barely generated revenue. When I was send, when I started sending an email a week, I saw my the revenue generated from my email $25,000 into my business, which I think is huge just by me taking a little bit of time to create an email and then make it a blog and then make it a Google post and then make it some Facebook and Instagram posts. Like you get a lot of traction out of that and it doesn't take you long once you've created the first one. I do want to say this too. Don't get discouraged when you see people unsubscribe. Those are people that aren't your fans anyway. It's not your target demographic. So when you see those unsubscribes come through, don't let it get you down. Yeah. No, wrong, wrong metric to focus on. All right, yeah. Sherry, we're going through the countdown. What is your next tip? All right. That is get your branding in order. For a store like me who's been around for 17 years, the logo that we started with is not the logo we have now. I mean, even Walmart changed their logo, right? You've got to update things. What looked good 20 years ago may not look good now. And I'm not saying redo the whole thing, like redo your colors and everything, but update it, make it fresh. Is there consistency in your design and colors and fonts across all your marketing materials? So like, for example, my colors my main color is green, but then I have my accent colors, which are yellow, gray, black, white. I also use a white brick background sometimes, and that goes in my social media posts, that goes on my print marketing materials. I also have a white brick background in my window display. But yeah, so look at your social media. If you don't see your branding, like your colors go through all of your Instagram posts, then you may want to look at that. Create one of those brand kits on Canva. It makes things so much easier. You can also load 
your different pictures. There's a certain fish and a certain dog that I use in a lot of my posts and my marketing as well. And I load that into my brand kit so I don't have to search for it later. And I'm glad that you talked about that because a lot of folks think that their brand is their logo, but the logo is just one piece of your brand. Your brand is that consistent messaging across the board. And I think if you go right down into like when you are creating content that you are writing the copy for, identify upfront Or if you haven't done this yet, start doing it today, making a consistent voice for your brand. Is your brand in first person? Is it in us or we? Or is it your mascot that's talking? And then whatever that is, stick with it. So rather than this post is like, I want to tell everybody. And then the next post is, we love it when you do this. And then the next post is my dog, Zane, you know, hey, everybody come down to House of Paws. My mommy wants to see you. Well, those are three different voices. So I have been very particular right from the very get-go that all of our posts on social media or in our emails, it's we, the collective we as the team of House of Paws. And that is the voice of House of Paws. And so your brand encompasses so much more than your logo. It is your colors, like Sherry was talking about. It is your fonts. It is the images. It is the look and feel of your business. And that should be consistent both in store and across all of your social platforms, all of your online presence. Can I just stress the font thing really quickly? Because look, for (laughs) years, for years, I just was like, oh, that font's cute. You know, I load up a Canva thing and I just keep the font. No, no, no. I have about three, maybe four different fonts that I use. Uh, But if you go beyond that, then it looks muddy. It won't look consistent. So pick three or four and stick with those. And not only that too, but in one particular image, there is some marketing gurus out there that suggest you should never have more than three different fonts on one image. And that third font should be very used very lightly, right? So you kind of have your two main fonts that you use in one image, and then that third font is used tiny. Maybe it's a price or maybe it's a click here for more or, but yeah, as soon as you get too many different types of fonts in it, muddy is a good word. Yeah. Yeah. 100% agree. All right. All what's right. our next tip? Yeah. On the countdown. Who's, who's, who's countdown is, how many drinks have you had, Wait. Sherry? Well, just it, we're either on number four or number six, depending on if we're going up or down. <laughs> but is it you? Oh, it's me. It's you. Okay. How many drinks who's have I drinking had? here? Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, let me just have a quick little sip there and then we can get back at her. Okay. Hey, this was a good segue into my next tip is to keep a consistent social media presence. And I know that a lot of business owners and a lot of pet pros out there say like, where do you find the time? You got to make the time. I cannot wave a magic wand and say, magically, you can have this time and you didn't have it before. It doesn't work that way. You do have to make the time, but there are some creative tips that you that we could share about how you can save some time. Your social media presence is important, especially if you think about how the world has changed with regards to even traditional marketing. TV, look at you're listening to a podcast right now from some two yahoos, one in one in Dallas, Texas and one in Canada. And when could you have done that 20 years ago? You couldn't do it. We would have had to be like rock star movie stars in order for you to see us or hear about us. 
But social media gives all of us the ability to Wait, are, re- are you saying that I am not a rock star? You're a rock star in my mind and the mind of many who listen. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, you're a rock star. Okay, so if you think about it, any average Joe or Texas and Canadian rock stars can reach all of the different people out there that never knew you existed. So in a sense, today makes it easier than any other day in our time to be in business and reach your customer. Now, a lot of people also think that the reach is so low on Facebook and Instagram, why bother putting in the time? But I'm telling you that's a mistake because if I do happen to come across you somewhere and I go and I look up your Facebook page and I see that you haven't made a post since May of 2019, I'm like, is this place even open still? So the ultimate goal, the, the, the home run is to get them to your website. That's the ultimate goal. And that's where all of your socials should funnel them back to originally, or essentially. Because once you get them on your website, they are definitely expressing an interest. And then that's how you get them into your store. But your socials have to be consistent. So you can decide, do I want to post daily? Do I want to post three times a week? Do I want to post five times a week? Whatever that is, but then stay consistent. And make sure that you have that consistent social media presence. Otherwise, your customers are going to start to wonder if you are even still open. Yes, staying relevant. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. That's a big one. Like it, like personally, it was my, it is my own demon that I fight. But it is since before I opened my store, I made a commitment that every single day without fail, we will have a Facebook and an Instagram post as long as those two social platforms are around. And then we also brought TikTok into the mix. And then we also brought YouTube into the mix. Now, I do not post on all platforms every single day, but Facebook and Instagram still get a daily post in the feed. And we do a minimum of three stories that go out onto Facebook and Instagram. And we usually post. When we started on TikTok, we did post daily because that's what I knew. I have realized since that skills on one platform are not necessarily transferable to the other. So you have to kind of figure out what works on all the platforms. But TikTok, we probably post once or twice a week and we get enough it, engagement. It's on- the quality it, on, on TikTok, since it takes a lot more effort, I would say the quality of the post is better than quantity for yep. that platform. If, I, if, if you want to correct me there, because you are the TikTok queen. Either to talk with no, no, I do not want to correct you. I 110% agree with that. And the quality is not necessarily in the actual video quality, but in the content you are putting out there. If you are putting valuable content out there, that's the quality that people are looking for on TikTok. That's a whole other episode. I know. We could just do a TikTok episode. Yes. We totally could. We totally could. Or or you could come to Global and you could learn all about TikTok when I speak there. But that is another episode as well. <laughs> I, I do want to say this. I see some business owners just repost a meme. And I personally do not think that that is a good post. So don't post just for posting's sake. Post something that is relevant to your business. Yep. I we, I we have a brand in store and I love the brand. I love it. It's beautiful. It's perfect. I don't even want to talk about who it is. 
since I found them, and of course I follow them on social media, they have the ability to post beautiful stuff. That's all they post is memes and videos that sometimes aren't even related to animals. And I'm like, I, how come, why don't I ever get to see anything about your stuff, original content, stuff that you sell? That's, I'm not that's not on. That is not on brand. Not, not on, on brand. brand. And I don't like, I never look at those posts because they're not of any interest. I followed them because I wanted to follow the brand, not videos of a, a donkey in a straw hat, like, or whatever they're posting. It's ridiculous. All right. All right. We, we are at tip number five, whether you're going up or down. There you fun. go. See, it is eventually going to work out. Yes. Okay. And it is run slow mover reports regularly. Hopefully you did this earlier in the month or before you are about to count inventory because you want to clearance stuff that isn't moving and free up that space for something that will sell. Before I utilized my POS system effectively, we would actually just walk the aisles and check expiration dates, but this is a flawed system because we would miss a lot of things. Plus, if it's something that doesn't have an expiration date, how would you evaluate it, right? So the product needs to earn its space on your floor. You're paying by the square foot. It needs to earn that space. If it hasn't sold in four months, you need to clearance it or run a sale or something like that so you can get something else in there that'll sell better. Now, uh-huh. I do have a caveat on that. So we sell aquariums and aquariums take up a lot of floor space. So we have different brands of aquariums in certain sizes, but we can't carry all sizes and all brands. We have a really nice aquarium that has been on our floor for a long time, more than two years, but we sell off of that aquarium. People order a different size or a different color, but they can see what, yeah, it's my, it's the demo tank. Yes. So. Yeah. I, I will add too that when we ran our slow movers report, The rule that I made was if it didn't generate X number of dollars per year, it was no longer going to take up any space in my store. So let me just give you a, an example. If it, if when I ran the report, we then, I filtered the Excel spreadsheet by revenue and I, you know, if my cutoff was $200, it had to generate $200 in a year. If that product was not bringing in a minimum of $200 or more than $200, it was gone from my shelf. So I was trying to eliminate 25% of what wasn't moving in my store. In some of those instances, we once we identified, okay, these are our slow movers. Then as a team, we sat down and we decided if they were either going to be completely discontinued from our lineup, we're no longer carrying it, period, or if it would become special order for those customers who are like, yes, I still use that. And maybe that's the only customer I have that's using it. If we get it from a distributor that we use regularly and we can absolutely put it on every weekly order, it's just that nobody else buys it. We will special order it for that customer, but it no longer gets that valuable real estate in my store. I want my shelves and my hooks and every square inch of my store that is selling things. I want that to be stuff that moves regular turn. Do you count toys in that $200 mark? Anything. Anything that fell below 200. Yeah. Whether it was supplements, treats, it didn't matter what it was. If you were not generating as a product, 
just like you said, you need to earn your space in my store. And if you weren't making at least $200 a year, and that was, that's pretty low, right? A lot of stores might say, forget, I'm not keeping anything that makes 300. Maybe they're low is if it's not generating five grand a year, they're not going to keep it. But we picked 200. We're a small store. We're still fairly new. And we picked 200 and anything that wasn't generating 200. And let me tell you, that was still a lot of things. And and I think some of those things, this is just my personal opinion. We started with them when we opened and it just became kind of like a habit. We've always ordered this. So we'll just keep ordering it. And when we sell one, we'll bring one more back in and replace it. But the rest sat there, right? Get rid of those slow movers. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Tip number, if you're, if we're going up, it's number six. If we're going down, it's number four. I'm going to say that something that all pet pros need to do is that short form video content. You guys are always going to hear me go back to this, but it is valuable for more than just TikTok. And for those of you out there who are like, all right, this Canadian with her TikTok already, TikTok is not just for dancing children anymore. TikTok is an amazing place to be, get that exposure to brand new customers who never knew you existed. But what you can do with those videos is not just TikTok. So when we make our TikTok videos, we also then repurpose that TikTok video as a reel on our Instagram, sometimes as a story on our Instagram and Facebook, and sometimes as a Facebook video. Depending on the, the type of TikTok, sometimes it becomes a YouTube short. Sometimes it is inserted into an email if it is an educational TikTok, which is for the most part, the majority of what we do. But then it also becomes a selling tool in my store because if I'm talking about a specific product, I can put up a sign with a little QR code that says, you want to learn more about me? Scan here. And in my store, if people are in there and my, my team is with other customers and unable to talk to them right away, they go, huh, what is this? Oh, I can learn more here. And they scan and it plays a video to say, here's why we love this product. And it lists kind of those the benefits that people are looking to buy anyway. So short form video content is something that I think all pet pros need to do. And I know a lot of them are, are like, no, that's a waste of my time. It's just a bunch of kids on TikTok. I'm going to tell you right now that 40% of TikTok users make over $100,000 a year. Your customer is on TikTok. And if they can find you, if you give them one more avenue to find you, where you can also repurpose that content to use it in a variety of different places. Why wouldn't you be doing it? Mic drop. Yes. Yeah. Boom. Just say, I love a good QR code. I've been using QR codes like candy lately. I freaking love them. I put them everywhere. I put them on all my marketing materials. They link to all kinds of things. Utilize those QR codes. They're free to make. Just Google QR code generator. And there's a ton of free ones that pop up. Yeah. You can make it in Canva too. You know, it's funny because poor QR codes, when they first came out, they were ahead of their time because nobody knew how to use QR codes. And then COVID, it was like video killed the radio, rebirthed the QR code. So anyways, everybody knows how to use QR codes now. And it is a great way to save space on marketing material, but get your customer to a lot more information. 
Now, we're doing the countdown, and we're either at seven or three, yeah? Yes, yes. Okay, so here's my tip. That is a three or a seven. And that is join a mentor group or at least go to networking events. What it did for me is that it helped redirect my mindset. For a long time, I let my business run me when I should have been the one taking the bull by the horns and running my business. Up until I joined this retail mentor group about four years ago, I felt very alone. And joining that group took the blindfold off and allowed me to learn from others, keep up with trends, and grow personally and professionally. But most importantly, it showed me that I wasn't the only one. Sometimes just knowing that you're not alone in this game we call retail or small business is comforting. The emotional support was worth it. And I've also met lifelong friends like Carly through groups like that. So I wouldn't trade it for the world. Here's my networking tip if you're going to attend a local networking group. That is, you must give in order to receive. Uh, Business and relationships cannot long endure unless the transactions benefit all whom whom it affects. The exchange of knowledge or favors need to be met equally. Otherwise, people will just see you as a taker. When you attend your networking group, ask yourself, what can you offer to help others? And this positive giving mindset will open doors. The only other thing I wanted to say about this is when you attend industry events and we hope to see you in global, look, conversations that just happen in the aisle can be life-changing. Don't shut yourself down. Be open to the opportunities that are there and attend the networking events. Go to the meetups. You never know who you're going to run into or what conversations you're going to have that could change your mindset and ultimately the direction of your business. I tell business owners that all the time. And like I host a variety of different trade shows and I did prior to my pet store as well. And I always would offer some sort of a mixer when the show wasn't on, but the business owners could come together and actually have conversations. Because if I do a really good job as a show producer, you won't have the time when the show is on to actually have those conversations. But some of the most valuable conversations you will have will be at some sort of a networking event or a networking opportunity where you can talk with other business owners, whether they're in your industry or not. Those are some of the most invaluable conversations that you will have as a business owner. We're on number two. two. (laughs) Tip number 29. All right. I'm going to say that you need to plan your marketing year. Normally I plan my marketing year in October for the upcoming year. Now, A lot of folks are going to be like, are you insane? How would I know what's going to happen eight months out from now or even four months or four weeks? What I'm saying is, you know that there are some things that you do every year because they've become favorite events with your customers. So those things are really easy to plunk into your marketing plan. You also know that, hey, Valentine's Day St. Patrick's Day, Easter, Canada Day, July 4th, all of the, those things happen every year. You can always plan events around those. I know, Sherry, you like to theme out your months. And so for you to sit down and go, okay, I'm going to have 12 different themes for 12 different months. That is the start of planning out your year. I am not saying that you have to sit down and you have to down to the I nth degree or 
the minute details. If you have that kind of overarching idea about here's what I'm going to do every month, that doesn't mean that things don't come out throughout the year and, and you think, oh my God, this is a great idea. We should do this. Do that. But plan the marketing year at a very high level so that you have a game plan for the year. The reason I'm saying this is not just to understand when and how you're going to have events for your customers, but if you need support from your vendors or if you need support from your manufacturers or your distributors or you want to invite them to these different events, having a game plan a year out allows you to, to give them lots of notice, right? Rather than going, ooh, that's a great idea. Let's implement this in seven days and try to get four vendors on board when their calendars are probably already filled. Get the jump on everybody else and plan your marketing for the year out so that you can start to make plans that impact other people, not just your own store. So my next tip ties into that, actually. Ooh, look at um, how that works. And that is embracing events. Just to tag on to what you were saying. Yeah, look, I start our big signature event that we've done for 17 years and we're known for is Woofaween. And that's our big Halloween event. I start asking vendors for stuff for goodie bags and raffle table items and to set up a booth and stuff. I start asking them probably six months in advance. So when I go to global, I'm already asking for that next Woofaween. That way I have their budget. That's the other thing. All of our vendors have budgets. And by the end of the year, they're run out. Yep. So ask them early and get in on it early. And then I just store the stuff. You know, I, I'm like, send it to me now. I just want it now. I actually have room to store it. So I'm lucky in that respect. But I, I just want to go ahead and get it and have it ready to go. But yes, embracing events. It's not my forte. Carly knows this. I am not a big event person, but the more I do it, the easier it has become. They are really important. You should shoot for at least one event a month. You'll figure out what your signature events are, and that's what you'll be known for. And yes, you can flesh out your calendar with those, but events will attract new customers. It builds a sense of community and loyalty. It generates positive word of mouth. Plus, hopefully it'll boost sales. So- mm -hmm. The last thing I want to say about events is that if it flops, if you throw a party and nobody shows up, back in the day, that would really get me down. But you can't let it get you down. You need to see it as a learning opportunity and pivot and try again. Maybe you did it on the wrong night or at the wrong time, or you just need to tweak a little something and then it could become a great event. And we always do some sort of a bark to school event in September. And every year that we've done it, Eh, I was like, I never looked forward to it and I didn't see huge results from it. But this last year, we nailed it. And we piggybacked on your idea of the school photos. We were going to do a school, like a school picture, but we did the school photos just like they do with kids. And then we took it one step further and pet parents could actually order a package of school pictures and our customers loved it. And then we finished off the week. So you could come all week long to get your school pictures taken. We finished off the week with our bark to school cafeteria, where we made up little goodie boxes of healthy treats that they were getting in the cafeteria. I say with air quotes and our customers loved it. So that event just continued to evolve year after year until we have finally, okay, we know that's an annual event now. 
And the only change I'm going to make to it next year is we're going to have contests for like prom queen, class clown, valedictorian, so people can vote for the pictures of the dogs in these different categories. But events are huge, huge. And All not right. not just nail trims and pictures with Santa Claus. All you right got outside the litter box. You got to right. come up with these creative <sighs> events. Well, and and I like how you said you're going to change, you're going to add on and it was already a successful event, but you're going to make it even better next year. I mean, why not take a good thing and make it even greater, you know? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Is this I one think or that ten? Our, that, I think that was our last, was that not our last tip? Well, one more. Oh, okay. Bonus tip or maybe it's 10. I don't know. We've it's had one, one, too many, one too many celebratory drinks. What's your tip, Carly? All right. My tip here on Boxing Day or the day after Christmas for my very creative American friends is to map and assess your customer journey. If you obviously you sell in store, if you also sell online, if you sell over the phone, if you do things through email, if you do messaging through Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, Map your customer journey. So what I mean is walk in your customer's shoes and see what it's like to walk into your store and deal with your staff or deal with you <laughs> or what it's like to call you or what it's like to place an order on your website or what it's like to message you on social media. See what your customer is seeing because this will help you identify obstacles that may be preventing the sale. It will also help you understand where you've got gaps that you need to fill. And when you map out that journey, literally like assess the whole process. You were greeted at the door. The store was clean. The store looked presentable. It looked shoppable. The checkout was quick or the checkout was painful. My God, they're still handwriting receipts. Like whatever it is, you write down all of that stuff to understand the pain points your customer goes through to try to do business with you. And if it's pain-free, that's the goal. So understanding that customer journey is important on all levels, no matter where you're doing business with your customers. I love that tip. And yeah, when your customer is in your store, that kind of ties back to my theater reference. So I, whenever I hire on a new employee, I always tell them, look, we want to make the customer experience fluid and enjoyable. And I, if they don't want to, I don't want them to be here too long, but I want them to have enough time to shop, but we want to make it efficient, effective, and fluid. Mm-hmm. Fee. A fee. We're just making acronyms <laughs> over here. Okay. Yeah. Well, Pepro, that was our New Year's top tip countdown. You've got 10 incredible tips to run away. And you know, I'm going to say the same thing that I say to customers when I talk about feeding your dog. I could give you tips until the cows come home. That does not mean that you have to run away and try to implement all of them. Taking one small step, how do you eat that elephant? One bite at a time, my friends, one bite at a time. So if you could take one of these top 10 tips for the top 10 tip countdown, oh, there's too many tip and tens and all the things. If you could take one of those tips and you can implement you are going to improve your business immediately. So take one and then next month, take another, but just eat that elephant one bite at a time. All right. Couldn't have said it better. 
Cheers, everybody. Happy New Year. And uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Happy New Year. Stay safe, everybody. That's it for this episode, Pet Pro. Make sure to follow, like, and subscribe. Just hit all the buttons. So you never miss the podcast that makes you sit, stay, and beg for more. The The Pet Pet Shop Shop Girls. Girls. Okay, here we go. Take two. We like to party. We like, we like to party. And we're going to party. When you join us at Connect, Canada's pet trade show for a possum time. Get ready to unleash the excitement during the Connect Pet Trade Show with our Hello Canada podcast launch party. Join us at 2 p.m. on Wednesday, May 15th for an unforgettable celebration filled with laughter, insights, and surprises. Meet us the pet shop girls, and fellow pet pros, and let's make some memories together. Don't miss our special live podcast recording at 2 p.m. on Thursday, May 16th. Tune in as we broadcast directly into our private Facebook group, The Indie Insider, bringing you exclusive content, industry insights, and a sneak peek at the show. Get ready to be inspired and empowered to take your business to new heights. Mark your calendars, pet pros, and come connect with us at the biggest pet trade show in Canada. See you there. We like to party. We like, we like to party. We like to party. We like to party. We like, we like to party. We like to party.